Listener Production. Your Morning Agenda with Natasha Belling. Good morning. Thanks for your company. Let's check what's making headlines this Tuesday, the 6th of July. We start with breaking news this morning out of the UK and so-called Freedom Day is now a step closer despite a recent surge in COVID cases. British Prime Minister Boris Johnson addressing the nation, revealing a five-point plan for living with COVID, adding the only reason they can open up is because of the effectiveness of the vaccine rollout. That if we can't reopen our society in the next few weeks, when we will be helped by the arrival of summer and by the the school holidays, then we must ask ourselves, when will we be able to return to normal? A final decision will be made next week, but if given the green light from July 19, all businesses will be able to reopen. The one metre rule on social distancing will go, limits on indoor and outdoor gatherings will be scrapped and face masks won't be mandatory. Despite widespread vaccination, the UK has seen a recent spike in COVID cases with more than 25,000 new infections recorded in the past day. Back home and still no word from New South Wales health authorities if lockdown will end as planned on Friday and if students will head back to the classroom next week. Another 35 cases of COVID were recorded in New South Wales yesterday with 24 of those in isolation. Meantime, the list of exposure sites across Sydney continues to grow, including a Meriton Suites apartment block. Three people have tested positive to COVID after attending an illegal party at the Waterloo venue with hundreds of residents and staff now forced into isolation. Epidemiologist Professor Raina McIntyre has told the project, given it's the Delta strain circulating, opening up too soon could be a recipe for disaster. In the UK, there have been numerous outbreaks in schools and kids who are getting symptomatic and getting unwell. So um, you could see a, a surge. If there's still community transmission, we ease the lockdown, open the schools, um, that could be a bad combination. Also making news this morning, the toxic culture of federal politics is back in the spotlight following allegations a former Liberal MP was subject to an unwanted sexual advance from a Cabinet Minister. Julia Banks was the only Liberal Party member to win a seat from Labor at the 2016 federal election, but she ended up leaving the party after the Morrison leadership spill. She's told the 7.30 report it is no surprise it's all coming out now. What has cascaded out of our federal parliament house now, um, you know, since March, since Brittany Higgins, there are so many, (laughs) there are a lot of similarities um, and a lot of things that have happened that is no surprise to me. And the NRL has come down hard on the 13 Dragons players who breached the league's biosecurity protocols by attending a house party. And we'll have more details on this story coming up shortly in sport. Let's check what's happening in your state with our reporters on the ground. And we begin in New South Wales this morning and beaches on the mid-north coast remain closed today after a surfer was mauled by what's believed to be a three-metre great white shark. Sunshine Coast surfer Joe Hoffman was paddling in waters off Crescent Head Beach yesterday afternoon when the shark attacked. Our reporter Isabel Everett is on the mid-north coast and Isabel, locals came to the rescue. 
That's right, Tash. Incredibly, Joe managed to paddle his way to shore before six local surfers carried him to a nearby park and fastened a leg rope around his arm to stop the bleeding. And locals say Joe was incredibly brave despite the pain. He was airlifted to John Hunter Hospital in a serious but a stable condition. Police are working with the Department of Primary Industries today to investigate the attack and Crescent Head and a number of surrounding beaches remain closed today. To WA now and COVID restrictions have eased further than expected overnight after last week's outbreak. Our reporter Emma Griffiths has the details from Perth. Tash, at 12.01 this morning, we moved to a new set of rules, which aren't as tough as we thought due to low case numbers. Masks remain mandatory for all indoor public venues, while the crowd limit for private gatherings in homes has gone up to 30. For private gatherings outdoors, the cap is at 150. By next Monday and pending no new cases, all restrictions are set to go, meaning there'll be a full capacity crowd at Optus Stadium for the West Coast North Melbourne match. Meantime, quarantine won't be required quiet for Victorian travellers arriving in WA from Friday. The state is to be considered a very low COVID risk by then as part of WA's border control measures. Now for the latest in business and finance news this morning, we're joined by Effie Zahos, Editor-at-Large at Canstar. Effie, good morning. Now the Reserve Bank is meeting later today. What news can we expect? Yeah, good morning, Tash. Look, the decision today is definitely not going to be about interest rates. I mean, the cash rate is pretty much going to stay put. It's going to be more about the yield curve and quantitative easing. And that's where the Reserve Bank buys bonds to pump back money into the economy to stimulate. Now, they've been doing that. There is talk that they may taper it, and this could impact the share market. We've talked before on the show that fixed rates have gone up, and even though the RBA has consistently said it doesn't expect to be raising the cash rate until at least 2024, some are predicting it's going to sooner. Now the good news is I was thinking about this is that the value of house prices have risen. We talked about CoreLogic saying an increase of around 13.5% over the past year which means you actually may have more equity in your house than you thought and this actually gives you power when refinancing your mortgage to a cheaper deal. So equity is simply the difference between the current value of your house and, and what you owe on it. And, and according to Mortgage Choice, when it does come to valuing your, your property, the interesting thing is you can't simply show up to your bank and say hey, my house is worth more, can I get a cheaper rate? There are formal processes processes that have got to be done in place. And existing lenders typically don't uh, agree to a new valuation within six months. But if you refinance, you may actually find you can get a better deal immediately with the increase in that equity. It pays to look around because there are cheaper rates. The bigger the deposit, the more equity you have. Great tips as always, Effie. Also, a lot of businesses, a lot of people doing it really tough at the moment, especially with the lockdowns and the COVID restrictions. You have some top tips on some cashbacks and freebies. Yeah, look, there are a lot of cashback and freebies that you may be eligible for and you don't even realise. Um, always pays to go to your state or territory's website and have a look because they do lay it out very nicely. So one of the easiest ones is the energy bills. To see if you qualify for these, have a look at what energy rebates and concessions are out there. Now, it generally depends on, of course, the state or territory you live in and whether or not you're a high-income earner or low-income earner, medical conditions and so on, or a pensioner. Um, and how much you get really does depend on where you live. I'll give you an example. In ACT, there's up to $800 is up for grabs under the 2021-2022 utilities con- uh, concession. And it's calculated on a daily basis with rates depending on the season. And another good tip is that if you do have kids that are itching to get back into some sport, hopefully in some places you're not in lockdown and they can use these sports vouchers, 
Now, in New South Wales, for example, you actually get two $100 active kids vouchers each year. And the first one was valid from January to December. And the second one is actually valid from this month. Always great tips. Thanks so much, Effie. Thank you. the sport now with Brett Thomas and Brett let's start with some good news this morning the Bardi party rolls on at Wimbledon as Ash won through the quarters for the first time Yes, good morning, Tash. She amazingly hasn't been this far at uh, Wimbledon. Let's hope she can go even further. Fourth round action overnight. She came up against a tricky opponent, the French Open champion, Barbara Krichikova, who she hasn't played in singles before, had played in doubles, but an opponent and a court she was a little bit unfamiliar with. Got off to a shaky start. She was broken early, but managed to recover, winning 7-5-6-3. So straight sets, but wasn't a straightforward uh, result. Now, of course, she had to pull out of the French Open with a hip injury. She's untroubled by that at this stage as she wins through to the last ace at the All England Club. Being in the quarters, I'm happy, I'm excited. It's another stepping stone for me, it's another first. It's kind of going to be a new situation, a new scenario and, and one that I'm going to look forward to. I'm going to enjoy it no matter what and I think it's it's a stepping stone to what is kind of one of my biggest dreams and uh, we just keep chipping away. So great result for Ash, Novak Djokovic, Roger Federer also getting through to the quarterfinals this morning as well. Yeah, such a great performance from Ash there. The NRL, as we reported earlier, Brett, has come down hard on the 13 players at that house party hosted by Paul Vaughan. Yes, and now Vaughan's future at St George Illawarra is up in the air. The Dragons board will meet today to discuss ripping up his contract after breaking COVID rules by hosting that house party. He copped a 50 grand fine and eight game ban from the NRL. They've dished out more than $300,000 in fines and suspensions to the 13 players at the party. Jack DeBellin uh, was among them. He's copped a one game ban and a fine as well. Legal legend Mark Guy says it defies belief. I, I don't get it. What the hell is going on? Who do these players think they are? It is unbelievably selfish. It's so selfish that they could think they could do this and get away with it. And could have cost, really, the season. Uh, they put the season at risk of, of shutting down from uh, what Mark Guy also said was a selfish act. Yeah, well said there with Mark. And uh, to the AFL now, Brett, one of the top officials has departed in a shock move to become the CEO of a club. Yeah, uh, Steve Hocking is going back to Geelong to take up their CEO role. Uh, Brian Cook has been there for a number of years and uh, he's done a great job at the Cats. So that's a a big role for him. But uh, leaving the post there at the AFL as the football operations manager, it's been a controversial role. He's been behind some of the more contentious rule changes this year. Of of course, the man on the mark rule. Uh, We had the score review system, the arc that he brought into place as well. Uh, So he has come under enormous criticism in the past and he does admit that took at all. We're all human, so you know, clearly you lose a bit of bark along the way. So his last day at league headquarters will be Thursday. He doesn't move to the Cats until October. Brad Scott, the former North Melbourne coach, is already listed among the candidates to take over that role. And the AFL will just finish up, has released an updated fixture for round 17. We have Monday night football returning. West Coast will host North Melbourne in front of what could be a full house at Optus Stadium there in Perth. Power and Demons kick off on Thursday night at the Adelaide Oval. Bombers and Crows on the Friday night. Still a couple of venues we're waiting for confirmation on. The Giants and the Suns, and then the Lions, still hoping to return to the Gabba to face the Saints on Saturday night. Extraordinary year of sports so far. Brett, thank you. Thanks, Tash. 
under COVID scare at Kensington Palace with the Duchess of Cambridge now in isolation. Kate Middleton is in self-quarantine after coming into contact with someone who later tested positive to COVID. A spokesperson for the palace says she is not experiencing any symptoms but is following all the relevant government guidelines. Kate and Wills both received their first COVID jab in May. And that's all you need to know to start your day with your morning agenda in your podcast feed from 6.30am every weekday morning. You can also catch the latest episode in a whole new world of audio by downloading the new Listener app for free. I'm Natasha Belling. Thanks so much for your company. Have a great day and we look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Listener.